There are two penitential seasons, as we know, in the, the church year, Advent and Lent, and that is why we wear purple, not just because we're sad, because we're wearing purple and they're the Minnesota Viking colors, but it helps to always remember that it's penitential. At least it helps me. It probably doesn't matter to you. But So a penitential season then is the time that we're supposed to look deeper inside ourselves at things that need to change. And every single one of us has have things that need to change, ways that we can improve, ways that we can be better as people, as sons and daughters of God. I think one of the things, however, that so many Catholics get wrong is they, they ask or they, they question or they, they, they live their faith in such a way that they say, what do I have to do to be saved? How many rosaries do I have to pray? What, what do I have to do so that I won't go to hell? What do I have to do to get into heaven? Technically speaking, there's nothing that any of us can do to get into heaven. To think that there is, is actually a heresy. It was an early heresy. It's called semi-Pelagianism. All the children repeat after me, (laughs) semi-Pelagianism. Why does Father use these big words? It makes them feel smart. Well, it's important to remember this, though. St. Augustine had to deal with this early, early in the church because there are a lot of people thinking that they could earn grace. If I just did more good things, I can earn God's grace, and therefore I can earn salvation. And the church said early, early on, no, because grace is always a gift, and so is salvation. And furthermore, if we think we need to do anything more than what Jesus did on the cross, that puts us in some way on the same level of Jesus. He already did all the work. Jesus already paid the price for our sins. So then how is this supposed to work? Getting better. Why get better at all? Why get better at all? Okay. Well, so the first thing to to get right is how do we get saved? We get saved by accepting Jesus Christ, by being baptized, by accepting Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis talks about, because, you know, the contrary is, well, what about all the people in hell? Who's going to go to hell? C.S. Lewis says, the doors of hell are locked on the inside. The only people, if there's anyone even there, because the church doesn't actually teach anyone's gone there, but if there is anyone there, they're there because of self-imposed rebellion against God. The people are in hell, who are in hell, if there is anyone, are the ones who just don't want to be with God. And the ones in heaven are the ones who have accepted Jesus Christ and want to live with him. Well, does that mean that everybody in heaven is, is totally sin-free? Well, ultimately, because Jesus forgives our sins. But that means that even some bad people go to heaven. Well, we have to be really careful calling people good or bad. It's Jesus Christ who makes us worthy. 
there's probably different levels, right? I mean, there's, and this has been assumed for, for many, many centuries that some people in heaven are perhaps more holy than others. That's not hard to assume, right? Because the blessed mother's in heaven. There's probably nothing that God could do to me to make me as holy as the blessed mother. And so perhaps there's different degrees. But there's no doubt because Jesus says it. Salvation is already yours. It's already given. You don't have to wait for it. It's already given. Well, how do I lose it? By denying the Lord and rejecting him. Okay, so then what is all this penitential stuff for? Right, if, if uh, turning over a new leaf, if, if dealing with my sins, uh, repenting of my sins, confessing my sins, trying to get it better as a person. So that's not about getting into heaven? No. Not principally. Because God is not Santa Claus. A naughty and nice list. It's not how it works. So if you want to get into heaven, you'll get into heaven. Yes. Why does he want you to be better? Because somebody who loves always wants the beloved to be as as good as they can be. Always wants their beloved to be better. Wives, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I can fix him. I'm with you. Maybe you can. Um, But, you know, think of your children. And children, you know, gosh, why do my parents keep pestering me? They want me to do this, and they want me to do that, and they want me to be responsible. They keep saying this word responsible, and they want me to be obedient, and they want me to. It's not just for them, children. It's because we want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. We want everybody to grow in virtue and holiness. And the reason we do it is because we should love goodness. We should love the things that God loves. God loves goodness and holiness. And if we've accepted Jesus Christ and we want that salvation, then we should want to be like him. We should desire it. We shouldn't be pursuing goodness for fear of punishment. At a certain point, we need to change that and say, no, I need to be good because good is good. Because I should love what is good, be attracted to what is good. And this is what the Lord is trying to do with each of us then. It's not a question of, like, am I going to get saved or not? If we want to be saved and we love Jesus and we've accepted him, we're going to be saved because God's going to figure it out. He's going to figure out how to purify us as we need. He's going to figure out how to make us better as we need in this life or the next. The reason we do this, these penitential seasons, is because, first, because we should love the good, and secondly, because sin and vice get in the way. They get in the way of Jesus. The the more good that we are, the more virtue that, that we attain or habituate, Children, say habituate after me. Habituate. No, you have to do it like you mean it. Habituate. Thank you. Adults, say habituate. It's another one of those words that make me feel really good about myself. 
It just means that the virtue inhabits your soul, your person, your, your, your being. You become an honest person. You don't have to think about being honest because you've become honest, right? You no longer are a thief. You've become honest in that regard. Or vice habituates and you become a liar and you become a thief, right? So you become the virtue you seek to attain, as it were, or it becomes you. The more vice that we have, the more sins that we have, the more that it sort of blocks God's grace. It's kind of like, you know, when you're driving, my, my windshield, I noticed coming into to church today, my windshield is really, really dirty. And it's hard to see out of a windshield that's really, really dirty, especially when the sun is hitting it, you know, you, can't, you can barely see out of it. It's kind of like what happens with the soul. It's, it's the sin sort of dirties the soul and doesn't let the light through the grace through as much as we desire and as much as God desires to give us this precious, precious gift. And the more grace that we have, the more that we love the good, the more that we love ourselves, and of course, the more that we love God. Okay, so now, candidates and catechumens, we have the second part of the right of acceptance. And so what I'm going to ask you all to do is just sort of line up along the bottom step and try to concentrate, you know, toward the center here. And we'll just sort of, I mean, keep some distance. You know how we have to do that. But parents and sponsors, if you would just help me with do that, please come forward now. 